thank you ambassadors for the ministration say so see how far you've brought me amen they didn't say see how far i have come see how far you lord have brought me see how far you have favored me it is all the doing of the lord is the doing of the lord and that is what i want us this brief moment to get committed to the fact that it is god who makes all the difference we are never sufficient It is all of God. He says, see how far you have favored me. When Joel sang that portion, I remember. You know, since completing school, I've joined three major organizations. Each of them, they call me and say, bring an application letter and let us interview you. If this is no favor of God, then what is it? You are sitting somewhere. Bring an application and let us interview and give you a job. Is it no favor? See how far the Lord has favored me. He has favored you. God makes all the difference. Our sufficiency is of God. Is not of ourselves. And that is what this morning I want us to keep in mind that it is not of ourselves. But when God decides to bless you, to send you to a certain position, it is He who is doing it. You know, there's the tendency for us to think that I have done it. I have done it because I have a certain skill. I have a certain talent. What we forget is that God makes the difference. So this morning, what I want to share with all of us is that my sufficiency is of God. I don't know what about you. But for me, what I know is that my sufficiency is of the Almighty God. And it's not of myself. And when you know this as a fact, when you know this truth, you know, sometimes leaders will stand and say, you know, come to church, try and read your Bible, try and study try and pray it's like we are being cranked before we get close to god 
You see, but by our very design, the one who made us knows that without him, we cannot survive. But that is what we don't know. If we know for a fact or a truth that without God, we can't make it, nobody will beg you to have a relationship with God. But maybe we don't know. So we have lived too much without God. But then the Lord speaks to us. Let himself, and that should be a personal conviction. That I need God. <laughs> Don't let a pastor tell you anything that he's just forcing you. He doesn't need your tight. <laughs> you and I should come to the point where without God, I can't make it. When you don't come to that point, people virtually will be begging you. Father in the house will plead with you, let's go to church. You think he's disturbing you. But by our very makeup, the one who made us, he made us in such a way that if you are not linked to him, you can't make it. Father, we thank you and bless you for this morning. We thank you for bringing us together. In this brief moment, As we go over a word, speak to us. I'm only a vessel who will be touching on your spoken and written word. Let that word minister to somebody and myself this morning. For we need to know that without you, we have nowhere going. Let that personal conviction come this morning. And let us run to you day and night, morning after morning, because we have nowhere to turn to but to you alone. Take control, O Lord, this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Second Corinthians chapter 3, he says, do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in the tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God word. And let's pay attention to the verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as of ourselves. But our sufficiency is of God. 
Let's stay on the verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. But our sufficiency is of God. Sometimes the little that we have is little. A little money that we have little possession, a little wealth. You may be listed, but it's little in the sight of God. Some position, some title, but it won't take us anywhere except it is of God. Until and unless we come to the conclusion that our sufficiency is of God. Nothing will make us satisfied. You know, good health and money doesn't give life. We may have all the money for the best hospitals. It may not give you life. Because when the maker decides that today with all the best of health that one has the life has come to an end there can be no negotiation it is unto him and him alone he is the only one that we should look up to and no one else in this life. Our sufficiency is of Him. If you ever come to the point, you know, I heard once somebody said, I am a self made man. Oh, really? Self made. Self made. Our sufficiency is of God. And we need to, on a daily basis, constantly remind ourselves that it is of God and nothing else. Even what we think we have, sometimes overnight, is gone. But when you have God, you have everything. Like I said, the way God, the maker, designed us is to depend on Him. You know, in Genesis chapter 12, when God called Abraham, or Abraham at that point in time, He says, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. That is how we should see God. In whatever situation he has called us, 
He is the only one who is telling us where we are going. The next two, three, four, five years, he has the master plan in his hands. He said he called him that get out of your father's house, but I will show you where you are going. Remember, there was no map given to him. He said, come out. And when you know this, then you know that you have to depend on God. Because when he says, come and you are following him, and he hasn't showed you where you are going, then you will learn to depend on him. But that is what many of us have not recognized. And we think that sometimes, even when we are out, we can still go. Because somebody says there's a Google map. What you don't know is the map of God. Which he releases in its own season. The map of God is not releasing complete to any of us. When he first called Abraham, he didn't give him the complete picture. But verse after verse, chapter after chapter, God unfolded the plans he had for him. Thank God, Abraham was patient. And faithfully, indeed he had faith, and just followed the Almighty God. That is how we are supposed to walk with God. We are to depend on Him. Because, let's say, He will show us. Sometimes, we might think that we know. And I always say this, for those of us who have a little education, including myself, is a little education compared to the knowledge of God for this whole world. For the heavens and the earth, what you and I know, in fact, you can't even put any value on it. Whether it's the first degree. Even if it's masters, Auntie Irene, the tea is just a little bit, or it's a certain topic that you specialize to get a masters. If it's the whole economics, it's something small in economics that you are masters. But you call you have a masters of economics. But it's for something small. And then you have added a PhD and a professor. But it is something small. If God shows us the whole picture, then we see that we know him. And in any case, the knowledge that we have is only for this brief period on this earth. In fact, I just saw something that Jacob said to Pharaoh. He said, I'm on a pilgrimage. And the knowledge that we have of the law that we know there's no litigation in heaven. You won't have any clients in heaven. <laughs> you understand? It is just for this earth. This short time that we are here. This short time. So I just want us to understand that the little things that we have on this earth that make us ignore God Sometimes we say we are too busy even to have time for God. Even too busy for church. Too busy to have time to sit at the feet of God. We are busy. 
Where are we running to? Wherever we are going, as he sits up there, he knows our movements and when he will call us. But we say we are moving. But he knows when he will press the button. You can't run away from him. Our sufficiency is of God. Still in Egypt, Pharaoh had a dream. Thank God for giving the leader a dream. I pray that our leaders will have dreams. Our president will have a dream. And he will have a prophet of the land to tell him what has to be done. Otherwise, you have no clue where you are taking the nation. That is why we are where we are. We have only prophets who tell when people will die, but don't know what will happen to the nation. But Pharaoh had a dream. He spoke to, in Genesis chapter 41, he spoke to all the He himself didn't understand the dream. What is it about? But he was told, if the wise men cannot interpret, there is a young man who found himself in prison. That man has something different. Something different that is of God. That is what you and I need. And in the verse, that he said, yes. So, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard, and I have heard say of thee, that thou can understand a dream to interpret it. Let's go to the verse 24. Anyway, maybe fine, the 2016. Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And in the verse 24, you know, he had tried all the people, the magicians, all of them. And if you know, Egypt at that time, even had one of the best trained people, the arts, sciences, philosophies, nobody. And he thought the magician could interpret it. But the magician couldn't declare it. By the verse 25, he said, And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. You know, there is only one God and one truth. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. People of God, whatever we are going through on this earth, God knows what he is about to do. Nothing happens by chance. Nothing takes God by surprise. God is moving. The enemy may once in a while try to interfere and interrupt, but God will bring you back. So he said, God is about to do something. Let's go to the verse 37, I think. 37. So they called up Joseph. We don't have time. That's our ration. They called up Joseph. And after he had spoken, he said the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants, including the people with the big titles and all the big positions. And this is what interests me. 
And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this? A man in whom the Spirit of God is. Brethren, that is what makes the difference between me and you and the unbeliever. If there is nothing of God in us, we're going nowhere. But I said, there is a one that the Spirit of God is in him. He is the only one who can change the situation. And at that time, Egypt and the land of Canaan was about the whole world. But there is only one man who had the Spirit of God upon him. That is why this morning my prayer is that you and I will draw closer to God. And when we draw closer to God, and God shows us mercy, and His Spirit is in us, no matter your level in your organization where you sit, when you speak, and God's counsel comes out, then your boss will find out where are you coming from? It's not which school, but which God up there. What are we going through now? All this economy. I believe that we are in a moment where we are one of the best economists and finance people. True or false? Best of them. Including Accra Legon students. Kumasi Legon, all of them. But we don't know where we are going. But this young man, Joseph, if you look at his history, he, he, he from a pit. You know, when the brothers were going to the field to feed the sheep, they even kept him, kept him home. He didn't go to school. From there, he found himself in a pit. A pit to go and be a houseboy. I don't think there was a school running in the Potiphar's home. From there to prison, but when the elders met, when the counselors met, when the wise people met, a man who had no classmates, a man who had no certificates, the only title was that he was a prison graduate. He was that man because he had the Spirit of God in him. They said, who can we find to put in charge? Of that position. Our sufficiency is of God. It's not in our education. Like I said, I'm not belittling education. It's far from that. I also have a little. But I've come to realize that if I put my hope on that, look, this world is not the 70 and 80 years we are spending here. There is more to this world. And this life than the little degree we have. Unless we draw closer to God, we'll miss out. Our sufficiency is of God. So all the big people who met at the meeting of Pharaoh, they had no idea. And they won't have any idea. Remember, they were wise men. But a certain wisdom from the Almighty God. That is why you and I need. When we have that, we'll make the difference wherever we are. 
we say we are children of God. Let's make the difference. So Joseph, because of that counsel, his level changed. They added a wife without him paying for the wedding. <laughs> and he worked because God was making the difference. And when you move to Genesis chapter 47, every system had failed around that time. But in Genesis chapter 47, verses 15, they say, And when money, money failed in the land of Egypt, has money failed in our land now? So this is not the first time. So when money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, Give us bread. For why should we die in thy presence? For money faileth. Whether it is jail, PhD, MBA, money has failed. If only God will find a man with the Spirit of God on him, things will change. Things will change. Our sufficiency is of God. Until and unless we come to that conclusion that it is God who will make the difference, we'll continue to wonder. Continue to wonder. Because money has failed. It failed in those days. Today too it has failed. So this is not the first time. You have your money, but you can't get it. I'm sure those who are doing transactions in the dollar and the pound, every minute you are changing the movement. You are watching the movement. Because money has failed. But our God hasn't failed. People of God, come to the point where you yourself will know that I am not complete without God. That should be an individual conviction. That I am not complete. I am never sufficient without God. Don't let it ever cross your mind that you have everything. It is God. And when you can come to that level, God will bring you up. Even in governance, when King Solomon was made a king in 1 Kings chapter 3, let's take it from the verse 7. 1 Kings chapter 3. So I didn't even end with Joseph. He was the first person to enter the commodities market. He had never been to school. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7, when Solomon was made a king, he said, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king. Instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. You know, this, this brief phrase, whether you are 60 or 70 or 80, if you want to get the wisdom of God, you need to say that I am but a little child. And I know not how to go out or to come in. Verse 8. 
and thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy people, so great a people? And this is what I love. And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked such a thing. When we don't come to that point where the speech that we will make will please God and know that we are completely broken, in need of help, and we think we are champions, there is nothing we can achieve. But Solomon, he looked at the assignment God had given to him. He said, these people, they are great. This assignment is not easy. Unless God comes in. Not because he had an MBA in leadership. Not that. But because the assignment before him, he needed God. When you come to that level and God is pleased with your situation, God will bring an answer. But when you think that I have a degree, oh, I have a master's, even a PhD, and you don't need God, you will struggle with what you are struggling with. That needed impact will never be made. But this young man said, yes, in terms of governance, you know, in Joseph's case, money failed. This young man, given a nation, said, look, I can't do this unless you give me directions. Unless you instruct me, I can't do this work. But the situation of many of us is that we know it. In our careers, we know it all. We know everything. But our sufficiency is of the Almighty God. If only we can come to that point that it is only God who will make the difference. If we can come down and we can please God, He will fill us in. He will give us that understanding. He will pour His Spirit on us. And He will guide us. In fact, in Psalm 32, verse 8, I think, let's look at Psalm 32, verse 8. Psalm 32, verse 8. Psalm 32, verse 8. It says, I will instruct thee, and I will teach thee in the way which thou shalt go, and I will guide thee with mine eye. You know, we need to come to that level. Where we know that on my own, I can't achieve anything. I need to receive instructions. Where to turn, God should instruct me. God should guide me. 
even on a lighter note, young man, don't think you know how to rap. Let God find a woman for you. Amen? Is it because you don't know what you are seeing? You may be seeing something in something. <laughs> but the real thing, it's only God who can say, go in. Then when you go in, it will stand. Let God instruct you. Is it a business? Is it a partnership? Even people will select as partners. Some say, oh, we were classmates, we were good friends at school. Good friends at school doesn't make a good partnership. Unless God has put the two of you together, the business will not stand. Let God instruct thee and teach thee the way which thou should go. Beloved, I know not even in prayer. What does Romans 8, 26 say? Prayer. You know, we can even sit and do our prayer points. This is what we are praying. But anytime I set eyes on this scripture, he says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for us we ought to. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. Even in prayer. The prayer. What information do you have for which you are praying? That ancient gate that has been pulled down for the glory of the Lord to enter, it is only God who has given that spiritual information. If God hasn't given you spiritual insight, what are you praying about? And it's not the hours of praying unless you have the information of the Lord. That is why in Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3, what does he say? We always quote it. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 3. He says, call unto me and I will answer thee. And I will show thee what great and mighty thing. Watch, thou knowest not. That shows our insufficiency. We don't know it all. It will take only God to even show us how to pray and what to pray about. We need to know that we are insufficient. The spiritual gifts that God has given to have you asked why? He is again confirming the fact that we are limited. Why the word of knowledge? Why the has made provision for us. That's why Paul says, don't be ignorant of spiritual gifts. There is a reason. There must be word of knowledge. What has happened? That is why in Ezra 4, 15, it says, go and search the archives of your family and know where you are coming from that you know how to pray. 
That is why there is a word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. God is by these spiritual gifts telling us that you and I, we are limited until he reveals. Don't we say that he reveals to redeem? If he hasn't revealed, where are you going? God must reveal first. If God has not revealed, there's no prayer topic. Father, this morning we are just saying that let us begin to come to ourselves that we are limited. We are not sufficient. And brethren, if we are limited and we are not sufficient, let's do the needful. You know, when you step out in the morning and you are going out and you look at your fuel gauge and it's getting close to empty, what do you do? You run to the filling station. If you believe that you have come to the point that you are insufficient in life and that you need God to be around to God. Know that your fuel gauge, where it is, you need to run to God. But if you think that your tank is full, you don't need God. God bless you. But if your fuel gauge between you and God is close to empty, you need God. We run to God. That's why I said you don't need anybody to plead with you to get close to God. When your fuel gauge is on empty, you're not your child tells you, Dada, gauge in it that empty. But our gauges is getting close to empty with some of us. Let's run to God. He will fail us. Without God, this journey will be left halfway through. Have you seen those taxi drivers who buy in gallons? No crown gallon. Because he bought it in gallons. But Christ said, there's a living water in me. Christ said, that living water will never run out. Morning. Let's get back to God. And we can only do that when we've come to the conclusion that we are insufficient in our lives. I'd like to end with Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Let's see what is there. 32. Verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the God of His grace, which is able to build you up, build me up, and to give me and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. That's the only commendation. There is nothing but God. 
if only we can come to the point that our sufficiency is of Him alone. We will run to Him. We will draw nigher to Him. And I'm not talking about just coming to church, just church attendance. We need to come to the point where we hear God. We see God. God is directing us. He's giving us information. Because we have come to the point that we are insufficient. And if we are insufficient, then we need Him. Otherwise, we may be running around. One place to the other. But when God speaks, when it is of God, if God has spoken, whether that failed, you are completely ignorant. Completely ignorant. But God has spoken. That is the wisest counsel you can get. Would you want to rise up at this moment? And in our own small way, maybe we have lived too much without God. Because we have said to ourselves, we know it all. I know how to fix things. I can calculate. I can navigate my way through. But those calculations won't take us anywhere. For a season, you might think you are making it. But our sufficiency is of God. Would you like at this brief moment talk to God. See that, Lord, I may have done things my own way for a very long time. I have lived because I thought I could do everything on my own. But our sufficiency is in God. So, Lord, this moment I can only pray for ourselves standing with my brethren the Father today we are declaring that indeed our sufficiency is of you and you alone. Unless you always fail us we cannot go anywhere. As we sang this morning we will worship the King all glorious above. Oh, gratefully sing his power and his love. He is our shield and our defender. The ancient days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. But can we look at the verse 4 of the Methodist hymn book 8, verse 4. Oh, worship the king. The verse 4. He said, the frail, we are frail children of dust. And feeble as frail. That is why we will trust in God. 
nor find thee to fail, God will not fail us. Thy mercies, how tender. He will hold us firm to the end because He's our maker, our defender, our redeemer, and our friend. God, our sufficiency. Pastor Joe, can we please take this in before the ambassadors? Oh, worship the king again. We'll take the first and the fourth verse. Oh, worship the king, all glorious above. Oh, gratefully sing his power and his love. Our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilion in splendor and girded with praise. Frail children of dust and people as frail. In thee do we trust, nor find thee to fail. Thy mercies how tender, how firm to the end. How big a defender, redeemer and friend. Amen. Amen. Can you resume your seat? Praise the Lord.